Hello, hello, and welcome to the Matrunity Podcast, where we're chatting all things mom. Hi guys, welcome back to another podcast. This is another one with just me and Megan, and today we're going to be talking about helping your child become a problem solver. Um, But before we jump into that topic, we're going to start with Megan's funny child story from the week. So this week we watched Mary Poppins for the first time, and I didn't even think Telly like really noticed it, but we were laying in bed and he was just whispering super close to me and he was like talking about kites and they was talking about Mary Poppins and it was kind of a long conversation, but the point of this story is he was telling me that he wanted Mary Poppins to come to his house and I was like, what would you do if Mary Poppins came to your house? And he said, read library books. <laughs> so I don't know what that has to do with their show, but that's what he wanted to do with her. <laughs> that's great it's good that he's liking library books because you guys are doing that challenge which we haven't talked about at all in the podcast no we haven't yeah we're trying to read all of the children's books in our county library I don't really have an end date I tried to say in a year but it's a lot of books (laughs) a lot yes well if you are interested in seeing good children's books Megan has been updating the maternity Instagram with those books, or like the top picks, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just whichever ones I'm like, yeah, this is definitely worth reading, which, I don't know, I'm fairly picky. There's not a whole lot compared to how many we read. Very nice. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get in to this topic today about helping your child become a problem solver. Um, do you want to just go ahead and introduce what this topic is to us? Yeah, so um, obviously as a parent, one of the main things that you're teaching your child is how to solve problems because that's so much of just life. Um, and this can be, you know, like big problems, you know, like, oh, like my friend won't talk to me. Or it can be things that are just like tricky that sometimes we don't identify as problems. But like, you know, how does this lock make the door stay locked? Like things like that, those kind of problems. Um, being a problem solver is really important. So there's a couple of main ways that you could do this. Um, I'm going to name them and then we'll go into depth on each of them. So the ways that you can help them are through play, talking through your thinking process, empowering them to take the lead in problem solving with you, asking hmm questions, asking open-ended questions, and active intervention. So let's dive right into play. Um, we've talked about in an earlier episode all about play, so we're going to just kind of touch on only the problem-solving aspect of play today. Um, in play, they're able to put themselves in situations that they normally aren't in, for example, being a mom or driving a car, and um, they're able to think through problems in a real-life hands-on way that they're not able to experience in real life. So you'll see kids, you know, playing like a tea party or something, you know, and someone's not wanting to drink the tea that they brought and they're having to figure out that problem and solve how they're going to deal with their emotions around their friend not wanting to drink it. Just all They can just put themselves in situations like that that um, help them think through problems. So the next one is talking through your thinking process. This sounds like, oh, I can't find my spatula and I need to flip the eggs. I'm gonna try looking in the drawer and normally keep it. Not there, maybe it's in the dishwasher, not there. Maybe I put it in the sink and haven't washed it yet. Just like the things that you don't even notice are going on in your head, but are, you're constantly problem solving like that. 
And just giving a dialogue to that for your child to hear can help them uh, formulate those thoughts and those words in their own experience. So when you're talking through your like problem-solving process, how important is it for the kid to actually be like noticing that you're doing that or is it just like a subconscious like just be doing it or is it like a pointed out oh look I'm probably like solving this problem like showing your kid or can you just be like saying it and they'll just pick up on it so like with most things in parenting it kind of is a mix of all of them um definitely I think your kids pick up on what's just happening you know like they just track how you are so if you are just kind of doing that often make it a habit they're definitely going to pick up on that whether you notice it or not. If there's um, a bigger problem is when I would for sure notice it and be like, look, I'm feeling super frustrated right now that we're hitting all red lights on the way to dance. Like, I'm going to take a deep breath. If you're also feeling frustrated, you could take a deep breath with me. I feel a lot better now. We can be calm. I'm going to think about if, you know, and just go through the situation there. That's when I would use pointing it out is when there's maybe something bigger or a shared problem like if you're both feeling frustrated or angry so I think just having a healthy mix of both things they'll pick up on and it will just kind of become something that they are able to think through because they have the words for it okay so the next one is to empower them to take a lead in problem solving with you this is um, something that when they're littler, you're not going to want them to do with their own problems. If the child is owning the problem and they're little, that's probably not the best time. When they're bigger, they can. Um, but problems that you have for little kids is really awesome because they are really good at solving other people's problems. And it maybe it doesn't seem like it, but that's really ingraining in them how to solve problems. So, for example, if you can't find some matches, a match to your sock right? Um, you'd be like, oh, I feel really sad because I can't find the match to this sock. What do you think I could do about it, right? And try their ideas. So if they're like, maybe look in the bathtub, go look in the bathtub. That's how they're learning. Like help them feel very empowered. Um, like their ideas matter, that they can figure it out. And even if it's silly, like just be super positive about it. Like we're going to try your idea. And when you guys figure out something, you I'm like, yes, we did it. You solved a problem. Um, if it's a problem that they have, little kids really have a hard time working through that because their emotions are a lot bigger and they don't have the skills to cope with them. That's not when I would do it. A little bit older kids, like once they're in elementary school, um, they can do some more of this. Where if they're feeling super mad because they can't tie their shoes. You'd be like, oh, you're feeling super frustrated. We need to solve this problem together. What ideas do you have? And again, try their ideas, you know, and maybe uh, and do this at a time when you're okay with this, that it's not going to be stressful to you. I get that there are times that you can't, like if, you're, if their solution is to wear slippers to the store, like let them that they solve that problem. You empower them and say, yeah, like that's that's a solution. You can't tie your shoes. One solution is to wear slippers. Obviously don't offer choices that you're not okay with. If you're going to get family pictures and you're like, no, sorry, that's not an option. Maybe just help them, like give them some words. Be like, well, here are some options. 
what problem solving would you like me to help you would you like dad to help you or would you like to try on your slip-on shoes um but if there's a safe place where they can truly experiment problem solving totally let them and let them go with their ideas so at what point do you switch from letting them come up with suggestions to giving the suggestions um it kind of depends on the situation like if you don't want to give options that aren't there by saying what do you want to do we'll go with the shoe example again we're going to get family pictures wearing flippers isn't an option so don't say what's your solution because if they choose that then you're going to be doing the opposite of empowering and be like no your solutions are bad you can't problem solve that's kind of what you're telling your child but if and so in that situation, that's when you'd want to give them um, options, when there's only a few options that you're okay with. Um, but if you truly are okay, and I would encourage you to do this as much as you can, because it's very empowering for children to have an open-ended um, choice. And so, like, if you can, just totally let them choose things. But if it's not a choice, do not offer it to them, or else you'll be kind of stabbing yourself in the back when you can't empower them to make that choice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the next one is ask, hmm, questions. So that's a, this is something I picked up in school. My mentor teacher, she always, when a kid would come up to, a prob up to her with a problem, she would just be like, hmm. And it would just kind of be like a cue for them to be like, oh, I need to think about this. I, like, this is a time to solve a problem. Like, I can do this. And oftentimes, like, that's all she would have to say, and they would figure it out. But if she didn't need to help them, it was still that cue to be like, hmm, and then this is my solution. So literally, the question is just, hmm, like, to show that you're thinking and it's a time to think. It's just a cue. Um, the next one is ask open-ended questions. Uh, this means asking questions that don't have a right or wrong answer. Things like, what ideas do you have? Um, things like, what do you think we could do about this? Uh, those things don't have right or wrong answer versus like a closed ended question would be like, do you want to wear your tennis shoes or your boots? Um, and open ended questions really help your child through the thinking process rather than just making a choice between options or figuring out how to choose the right answer. They're really having to think, um, and notice their world and what's around them and what's happening inside of their body and think about what options there are. They're, you're not giving them the solution, you're giving them the tools to find a solution. And so those are really helpful. Okay, so then the last one is active intervention. Um, and these are the steps in teaching conflict resolution. So if there's a conflict between two children, this could be like siblings, this could be um, like, a friend at school, any kind of conflict. This could even be between a parent and a child. Anytime that there's conflict between two people, these are the steps that you're going to go through. And I would really encourage doing this like as early as you're having conflicts with kids, talking through this, and pretty soon it will become really natural for your children. So then when they're away at school and a conflict happens, they're able to do it on their own. Um... So the first step is to identify the problem and define it as a shared problem. That's one thing that I think often we forget as parents is you have to find out what the problem is. Um, because maybe you saw, you know, what, brother hit sister and you come over there and you're like, well, why did you hit? Like, that's naughty. You need to say sorry. 
Um, but really the problem was much deeper than that. The problem is that they want to play two different games, but they want to play together, but they can't agree on what. So the problem isn't even about the hitting, even though you can still talk about hitting not being right, but get to the root of the problem and find out from both of them what the problem is, because you'll find with children a lot, the problem is totally different from each side. And honestly, with adults too, you are like not even in the same realm. You're like, oh, that was what the problem was? Like, I had no idea. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, how do you do that? Like, how do you get down to the real problem when, like, with your example, like, if like, your sibling hit the other sibling, obviously the first thing they're going to start complaining about is they just hit me. How do you, like, get them to calm down from that to what the actual problem is? Okay, so, I mean, if it's a highly emotional situation, first calm down. Take some deep breaths. Take a minute. So this is starting when you're calm. And you would say, like, all right, brother, why did you hit? And he'll say, well, I just really wanted her to play army with me, and she wouldn't play army with me. And you're like, okay, sister, like, what was happening from your perspective? And she's like, well, I just wanted to play house, and he wouldn't be the dad in the house. And then you're like, oh. And when they're really young, especially, you'd be like, oh, you both wanted to play a game, but you wanted to play different games, but you both wanted to play with each other. And then they can be like, they can agree. If you get it wrong, try again. Just keep going back to that, finding out there. And um, they'll get to a point where they can say what, right? They'll both say their things. And they'll be like, oh, we wanted to play together. We just couldn't agree on what. Um, so giving them those words. <clears throat> and then make sure that you're defining it as a shared problem. Because if one person seriously has no problem, like if brother literally just came out and just hit the sister and she's like, what then it maybe just needs to be as simple as talking about hitting so this this is when it's a conflict both parties have a problem number two is invite children to participate in fixing the problem let them think of ideas first um don't just step in and fix it this is how they're going to learn is by doing it um so number three is generate possible solutions as a group this kind of goes hand in hand with number one you guys come up with as many ideas as you can. No matter how silly they are, totally just a brainstorm. All the ideas that you can. You can throw in ideas if you need um, to get it started, but really try and let the children lead this and you be there so that it doesn't turn into a fight when someone says a solution that someone else doesn't like. You'd be like, oh, you didn't like her solution very much, but that's okay because we're just brainstorming. We don't have to do that solution, but you do need to listen and you can come up with other solutions. Can I just throw in here? We do have a blog up on the Maternity website that is all about this conflict conflict resolution process. And on there we have a printout that has a whole bunch of ideas of like common solutions to common fights, basically, that you could print out and cut out. Do you want to kind of talk about what that activity is? Yeah, so this um, is when you're teaching beforehand. This is when there's no problems. You're just sitting down to teach. You could print that out, cut it out. Um, they're like little cards and they might say like take turns or they might say um you know set a timer for five minutes they have different things like that and um put them in you can use an old shoe box a tupperware piggy bank i don't know something that's the problem solving box so when there's a problem and you can't think of a solution you go to the problem solving box so for our example that we've been using uh, brother hit sister and they can't think of any way to make it right because they both still just want to play their game 
with each other. You go to the problem solving box and you pull one out. You know, sometimes it doesn't make sense, you know, like, but then you just try another one and maybe it will either spark brainstorming or it will have a solution that works. You know, maybe they'll pull out the one that says set a timer for five minutes and they're like, okay, we'll play house for five minutes and then we'll play army for five minutes or something like that. Um, and it just kind of helps spark their thinking and imagination and it gives them some like ground to stand on and coming up with ideas so they don't just have to think of ideas right from the start. Yeah. So if you're interested in having that as a resource that is on the blog under a conflict resolution, I can't remember the exact title, but we'll link it in the description. Yes, that's a, it's a great idea for teaching because giving them the skills beforehand is really helpful as well as practicing on the spot. So the fourth step is to examine each idea for its merits or drawbacks and I just decided what I did to try. So examine what I did. Be like, okay, so our first idea was to do five minutes of house, five minutes of army. What's good about that idea? And really try and let your child answer first. Let them come up with the ideas. Only answer if you need to, to guide and to teach. <clears throat> Once you've looked at kind of the pros and cons of each idea, decide together what one you want to do. And then the fifth um, step is to work out ways of putting a plan into action. So you're like, okay, how is this going to work? Um, the kind of the nitty gritty, you know, they're going to be, okay, mom, you're going to set five minute timer on your timer. And when it's five minutes, you come tell us those kind of details. And then number six, follow up and evaluate how the plan worked. So after the 10 minutes of playing, you sit down and be like, hey, how did our problem solving work? Was it fun to play? together for 10 minutes and you did five minutes of each of your game. Um, we didn't need to fight. We could work together to figure out a solution. Those kind of things. Teach. So you want to teach beforehand when you're kind of making that problem solving box, teaching this process. Teach during. Show them the process. Help them do the process. And then teach after by following up and saying, this is what worked. This is how we did it. Like, And make sure you do it very empowering. Just be like, you guys did awesome. Like, you are learning how to problem solve. Don't be like, well, this was bad and this was bad, this was bad. You don't need to point out the bad. They're not going to remember. You're going to just try again next time, but point out what they did good so they know. So we went through these six steps, which are technically like the conflict resolution process. But usually those six steps, at least in my mind, are kind of the steps that you would go through for solving any problem. So anytime you're walking through your kid, really you can go through these six steps. I mean, maybe you're not identifying what the conflict was like but if you're looking at the problem is you're identifying the problem as in I can't find my shoes or I can't do this and then you're inviting them to help you figure out ways to fix it you're generating solutions either together as a group however many people are involved um, then you're looking at I mean maybe there's not as much examining how, how good your solution is um, and but obviously to a certain extent if it works or if it doesn't and then put it into action and then evaluate it like really that's your problem solving steps for any problem totally yeah totally so and I think probably the most important thing to remember that's a uh, theme through all this is be so positive point out the good empower let your child know that they can do it they are learning and they can do it and you're there to support them you're not there to watch and grade them you're there to support them. So if they are stumbling, you're going to pick them back up and you guys are going to do it together and just keep it very 
very empowering for your child. Let them know that they can do it and you believe in them and you will help them, but they can do it. That's awesome. If you guys want to hear any more on this con- on this topic or other child and motherhood topics, um, feel free to check us out on Instagram at maternity um, or on our blog. There's also, like we said, there's a blog about the conflict resolution. Um, is there one about problem solving? I think so. I think there is one about this specific topic, um, but those will both be linked below so you can find them easily. Um, and go ahead and follow us there. We'd also love to hear your feedback on if you've tried any of these techniques. Um, you can always DM us on Instagram or comment on like the ratings of this podcast. Um, but thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.